Hello, and welcome to this week's Key Voices, conversations with folk in and around education. I'm Caroline Doherty. This week, I am joined by Adam Arnell, who's Director of Oxfordshire Teaching Schools Alliance, Patrick Garton, his colleague who runs the Oxfordshire Teacher Training, and uh, Robbie Haddock, who is one of their associate teachers. We have a conversation about all things teacher training and how they have adapted and changed to deal with the a remote uh, environment. What is really interesting and uplifting is to hear the benefits and different ways in which um, they've really used this opportunity. Robbie speaks particularly passionately about how it's really given him a window into his students' home life and actually how he's been able to take advantage of all the fabulous CPD on offer at the moment. Um, so there's some real real positives too, but some things to think about for the future, particularly for schools thinking about how they're going to support um, NQTs during the early career framework and how they might start to plan for that now. So lots in here to think about. As ever, I'd like to remind you that uh, this podcast is to open up debate and discussion around topics. The views my guests and I are about to express are not the view of the key. For in-depth and authoritative articles on the latest issues in education, check out thekeysupport.com. Hello. Today, I am joined by, well, I've got three people with me today. I've got Patrick Garton, who is Director of Oxfordshire Teacher Training, Adam Arnold, who is Director of Oxfordshire Teaching Schools Alliance, and Robbie Haddock, who is an Associate Teacher, who is doing his training um, with them both. So hello, everybody. Hi. Good morning, Caroline. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Um, Great to have you all with us. And um, today, what we really wanted to talk about is um, the experiences around sort of training in this strange, remote, um, restricted numbers of children in schools situation that we're all going through, and some of the work that that you do um, uh, in in Oxfordshire. So, um, I wanted to kick off by asking you, Adam, can you can you tell us a little bit about um, um, Oxfordshire Teaching Schools Alliance and how you've adapted your activities so you can continue um, to to os- operate aspects of the teaching school sort of remotely? Absolutely, Caroline. So. Um... Oxfordshire Teaching Schools Alliance, OTSA, began, I think we began, we applied in 2012, Patrick and I first met back then, and uh, we spent a week writing an application, and it was successful, and we were designated in September 2013, Um, but we did something a little bit unusual, which was rather than applying, uh, several schools applying for teaching school status independently, my school at the time, Patrick's school, came together with another school in Oxfordshire, we applied to, be, to become what was called a multiple teaching school alliance. And over the years, we've grown so that now we have nine teaching school alliances who all work in a partnership under the umbrella of OTSA, but we work as one. So we've always been clear that we wanted to operate as one county for all the schools in the county without competing unnecessarily for trainees or competing with professional development courses. Um, and it's been an amazing journey. And of course, it's one that is to a certain extent coming to an end because the National Teaching Schools Programme ends this summer and will be replaced by the Teaching School Hub Programme. 
Um, and we have people supplied for that. So we're on tenterhooks at the moment waiting to see whether our application is successful. Um, but in, in terms of how the last year has been, I, you know, like everybody else, it's just been incredibly strange. And you know, we, we couldn't have imagined where we'd be you know, a year ago. But to a certain extent, it's forced us to do things that were on the long to-do list, to do them in a way that, that at, at rapid pace that we would never have done otherwise. And tested things that we, you know, we we toyed with running the odd webinar type thing to avoid people having to drive hours across the county. But when the lockdown happened last March, we spent the first, I would say, month just cancelling everything from a, from a CPD point of view, all of our professional development courses. And then the next month, thinking about, well, do we reschedule them? Do we do we plan them for next year? And then the realization that, that things weren't going to get back to people quickly. And we had to learn very quickly how to operate online. So we did, we began experimenting. We tried various online platforms and we began running uh, some free CPD and it, it worked. And what was really surprising was that not only was it working and people were reviewing it well and saying it was valuable, but we were having people come not just from Oxfordshire, but literally from all over the world. So all of a sudden our, our horizon opened and we were having people coming from Australia, New Zealand, Middle East, India, Pakistan, Thailand. And this is an absolute revelation. So actually, we've, we've embraced that. And this year so far, we've got 130 live events in the diary. And it, it's going well. And it, it's, it's proved that we, we can run this model. Now, that isn't to say that we're not looking forward to going back to running face-to-face -face events. Um, but, it, but it is working. And it, it it has curtailed some of our other activities. We used to do a lot of school school support and we had a team of system leaders who would go into schools and provide support, but that's not possible now. So I have to say, um, you know, that's an area that, that we pretty much stopped doing. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's working for CPD and of course, um, it is, it is working for ITC as well, which, which I'm sure Patrick will go on to tell you about. Great, great stuff. And Patrick, as someone who's sort of, Running initial teacher training, uh, how have you supported uh, students to differently to, to cope with um, partial closure? Um, hopefully, in, in in lots of useful, helpful ways. Um, it's obviously been a very interesting period. We we were obviously kind of two thirds of the way through last year's cohort when the first lockdown happened in March, um, and we we'd recruited about half of our cohort. For this year by that stage uh, so the recruitment cycle for initial teacher training starts october time and then runs through till the summer and i think robbie um was probably one of the last people we met face to face um in a recruitment day we then moved our recruitment processes uh online as well um so last year was an interesting one it gave us the chance to to, to see what was possible um with, with lots of online aspects of, of teaching um, we've, we've always taken a very flexible approach, really, with, with our associate teachers um, in terms of whether they're in school some of the time, in school all of the time, even, even at the moment, for example. Um, uh, we have a real diversity of people who train with us, some who are 21, 22, straight out of university, um, some in their 50s, um, some who've got three or four or five kids at home. Um, and so we've wanted to try and make sure there's routes for all of those people to remain engaged. 
um, and, and continuing to develop. So lots are doing online teaching at the minute. Some are still working in schools, supporting um, and really thriving in that environment, working with the, with the key worker, critical uh, worker and vulnerable groups in school. Um, we've carried on with all of our central training online um, and actually, as Adam said, that, that's been a, a revelation in lots of respects. It's really cut down lots of travel time. Um, and we've explored the, the best ways of using lots of different online platforms um, for maximum effect in terms of uh, central training, um, subject specialist training. Um, we have a very strong strand of peer support uh, networks in, in our provision. Um, we have a we have an individual colleague who has a role specifically focused on on well-being um, and and kind of pastoral support so we've looked at lots of ways of making sure all of those things continue to happen um, in in the online world um, and we've also i think really enjoyed the fact that teaching online or being in the online environment allows us to separate out some of the elements of what it is to be a, a developing teacher um, that we wouldn't necessarily have done had we still been been all day in the classroom. So, um, you know, often often when in the early stages of, of, of development, uh, we find that associate teachers, you know, are kind of in the classroom environment trying to deal with lots and lots of different things all at once, behaviour management, explanation, modelling activities, uh, assessing, uh, explaining, questioning, one-to-one -one work. And actually what's brilliant about the online world is that you can split some of those things out. So um, being able to really focus on, on how to put together a high quality explanation, which when you're in the classroom environment and you're trying to deal with kids kind of heckling or fidgeting or sorting out resources, um, being able to do that remotely, video yourself, for example, saying, I'm just going to explain this concept now. Um, Robbie may touch on this, Robbie's training in, in, in design and technology. So being able to make a video of him explaining a process, um, really high quality modeling on its own being videoed. This is how we go about this process is something that sometimes gets a bit lost in the sort of busyness of, 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 a, of a classroom with 30 kids. Um, and so we've really looked at those opportunities as well. Um, and, and I think people have really found the opportunity to operate in different ways quite exciting we, we we've never had a sort of one-size-fits-all approach and at the moment as I say you know we've got some people who have had very busy sort of family lives that they're looking after others much less so and are therefore more able to to go in and support face to face and again that's allowed I think individuals to flourish in in a real diversity of of, of contexts um which which has been exciting and you know if if nothing else I think it it, it reminds us and demonstrates the you know the resilience and the flexibility and the creativity uh, of people in the profession and especially those people coming into the profession to to make the most of of these opportunities and actually um you know there are lots and lots of challenges there's lots of uncertainty um but the the enthusiasm and the positivity that that our associate teachers have for what they're doing and the excitement that they've got about being involved um in in helping you know a system that that needs to be um needs to keep going in you know in very sort of profound ways at the moment um that's quite a motivator for a lot of people as well the, the kind of you know blitz spirit almost i think is, is is really helping a lot of people 
and an excitement as they look ahead as well um, to, to think about starting their careers as newly qualified teachers next year. Lots of people applying for jobs, getting jobs, um, often in, in, in schools that they've built up a relationship with during this year as well. And so those things have continued um, in a way that's been really exciting, quite awe-inspiring sometimes when we hear what, what people are getting up to and how they're finding ways to continue to support kids and be um, you know, be good role models and, and, and great teachers, um, despite everything. Yeah, it's interesting there. And as you say, like, you know, that the process kind of doesn't stop and can't stop. Um, so being being agile and adapting in that way is so important. Robbie, I'd really like to bring you in at this point. Uh, how, how's it been? How's it been? Yeah, it's, uh, wow, what, 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 a, what a time. Um, I think I'd really like to start by saying I think it's important to recognise that everyone's journey into teaching is, is very different um, and it's very unique to their circumstances. Um, uh, and, and I think we need to, to also kind of recognise that there is a hell of a lot of hardship going on for a, a huge amount of people right now. So I, I, and it's a sort of, it's, it's, I, I say that as a kind of uh, disclaimer because I am quite passionate about what's going on in training and, and in teaching at the moment and I just want to acknowledge that first up but um yeah it's, it's it's been a really really interesting year I was I was lucky enough to be an unqualified teacher um, and work as a, um, what, what they call an instructor teacher before I got into training on the skip so I had some experience in in sort of uh, what we may look back on as traditional school life um, so I have something to compare it to. I don't have a huge amount of experience, but um, yeah, the, 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 the opportunity afforded to us, I think, by uh, receiving this training online has been, has been quite good, I think, actually, in some ways. I mean, Patrick touched on, touched on it there, sort of not having to travel to, to seminars and things. I think, actually, the, the, broader, the broader thing there is that it's, um, it's actually opened up access to a lot more people that may not have been able to access teacher training before. And I speak personally to that as well. I think um, uh, it, it, it's, it's enabled people, like Patrick said there, with, with families. It's enabled people um, who may not be able to travel as, as, as easily to be able to access excellent training. And it, and it is excellent training. Um, and, it's, and it's also you know, give, given us the power to concentrate more on our own practice because you're not worrying about oh I have to you know I have to finish this lesson and get on the road and be at a training seminar and it's also opened the door I think personally to the things like Twitter things like blogging to really really seeking further views digitally as well because you're already in that sphere and I, I'm personally I'm attending quite a lot of additional um, uh, training just sort of you know uh, continuing professional development sessions run by prominent sort of thinkers and they're so accessible and so easy to access now because you just have to have a zoom code and that's it and you're in and you're listening it's it's, fan it's like you're listening to you know it's like it's slightly over enthusiastic here but it's a bit like sort of listening to a rock star do you know what I mean? <laughs> you, you've you've read the book and now you're now you're you know in in person with us i'm i'm, I'm going to dylan williams one uh, I'll say going to, I'll be sat exactly where I'm sat now, but I'll be listening to Dillian Williams speak in person soon. And I'm, you know, I'm really excited by that. And I, you know, reading some of his work is, is, is amazing. And having a chance to interact with him on some level feels, feels quite special. Um, and I think to speak to that, 
it's an amazing time to learn to be a teacher as well because we're now having to practice um you know patrick patrick touched on it as well you know how we're we're some of us are in school some of us are personally i'm doing a full digital timetable from my desk at home um and it, it's teaching us new ways to engage with learners and personally my 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 kind of uh interest in teaching it is in is in access to teaching it's in SCND uh, students and I think it's just opened a door for so many kids particularly um, on the autistic spectrum that struggle so much with school life that now have this, this opportunity to engage in lessons without feeling overwhelmed which I think is has been quite amazing and I've been tracking a few of my own um, pupils to that end really been very impressed with their progress um, so yeah, lots, lots of opportunity as well as lots of challenge. But then that's how we, that's how we learn, isn't it? We, we challenge, we're stretched, we, we learn from those, and yeah, yeah, it's quite a journey. It's really, it's really interesting because um, something I have, have often reflected on is, you know, um, and and this is this is me as the casual observer, you know, to, talking to you, the experts. But you know, um, a lot of that. Um, you know, activity of being in a classroom, taking control of a room full of children and getting them to to do something productive. You know, to the to the naked eye, that looks quite similar at the very beginning to, of your career to, to at the end of the career. Like, you know, the things that you're doing or being expected of you, obviously practice Im improves incrementally over that time. And there's a lot of depth and subtlety to, to what is being asked. But as you as you were saying, Patrick, you can't you can't turn off some of those aspects and really hone one one thing at a time in a, in a real life situation. So it is really interesting to think about that as 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 you know one of the benefits or, or opportunities here that you know you can you can have three goes at recording a video of how to explain something. You're not you're not left standing there in front of a classroom of children, maybe maybe struggling. So. Um, yeah, and 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 to your point, Robbie, about about accessing much more um, CPD and and practice in other places. Um, you know, um, trying to find a time to to drop into someone else in your in your school's you know a lesson and observe can be can be hard enough. And then suddenly, actually, you've got um, you know all of the Oak videos available whenever you like. Other work that people are doing online you know the ability to, to to watch recorded lessons you don't even have to be there at the same time you know it's it really does open up to 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 a world of practice um a very early stage um in your career which is yeah really really exciting um and in terms of the uh, use it using technology as 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 part of your lesson early doors as, as well you, you you know you, you might think that perhaps you'd you know, avoid that until you're maybe more confident in some other, some other aspects. But how's how's it been? You know, especially doing design and, and technology um, remotely. How's that been? It's been a challenge. I've used that word quite a lot. But um, yeah, I mean, personally, I've just been practicing a kind of um, quality teaching first uh, approach. I'm not using external resources um, such as the Oak, you know, or any of those sorts of things. I'm just doing basic. Um, good teaching practice via a digital medium. That's the only, you still have a formal register. Um, you still have all the same behavioral uh, expectations. And I think um, the, the school I'm placed with now is, is excellent at the whole school approach for that as well to support that, that end. But yeah, so 
at some point, you know, I, I had to get on my bike the other day and deliver sewing resources to, to 20 of my students because there's no other, we work with a huge range of uh, socioeconomic backgrounds. The school I'm in and there's, you know, we have students that have their own sewing rooms and we have students that, um, that, that don't have anything. So to level that playing field, you, you need to be able to provide um, sort of back access and equity to, to all of those students and sometimes yeah that just means getting on your bike or you know dro dropping resources off but it's it's uh, i've just actually come out of a, a second part of a practical lesson with my year nine textiles group who all their resilience is amazing um, and they've all been sat at home um, sewing with the resources that i've delivered to them and it's been a really i think from what i've seen it's, it's been a really nice opportunity for them to not be on not be tuned into the screen to have some time away from the screen to, to sort of uh, build their resilience really as well there's this kind of feeling that we have to be uh, the students have to be constantly engaged uh, with online learning and actually in a school day there'll be lots more opportunity for them to tune out and you know rest their working memories um, and I and I don't feel like we're giving them that at the moment so I feel like design and technology is, is, is actually a really good uh, medium for, for being like, look, you're not on the screens right now. You're you're away and you're using your hands and your head and, and your heart instead. Oh, it's, uh, makes it makes me want to sew something. Patrick, is there something you wanted to add? I, I'm just going to add in a couple of bits there, based, based on what Robbie uh, was was talking about. Firstly, I should, if I can, a little plug for NASBIT, the National Association of School-Based Teacher Trainers, which is another organization I work closely with as a, as a trustee. And so the, the Dylan William session is actually one that has been set up by them. They've done a brilliant uh, set of online uh, sessions, some subject specific, and then some with some of the really big names, uh, as Robbie says. Um, and that's really helped add into our kind of pre-existing uh, um, uh, provision and, and, and series of sessions. And, and as Robbie says, you know, that's the kind of thing that is now much easier just to tap into. Uh, we've paid a fee to, to join any number of those sessions that, that NASBIT have organized, um, which again has, has sort of really opened up very direct kind of communication and, and interaction with, with, with the big superstars, as Robbie says. I think the other bit that's really interesting there, and it's always been very important for us, you know, one of my very deep sort of motivators to coming into um, the teacher training world was was very much about social justice and 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 working with a really diverse um, range of schools. And Oxford is an interesting city and a, a really fascinating county that has incredible pockets of of, of 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 wealth and poverty. Sometimes in the city, very very close proximity to each other. And I think one of the things you know, as Robbie was describing there, that that we've been able to explore in a very different way with with our associate teachers is 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 that is that diversity particularly in terms of economic background um that actually when we're thinking about what what a child's home life is like we always talk about those things but when the child is in front of us in the classroom along with the others possibly wearing a uniform it's much harder to to visualize that um and and so this is really I think cut through that in you know in 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 very troubling ways and very concerning ways when it reveals, um, you know the the circumstances um, that, that that some children uh, you know are, are are surviving in at the moment and have done previously. But it gives us as teachers a kind of greater insight into that. We've always done a lot of work to try and sort of challenge 
presumptions about what might be doable um, in terms of, uh, you know, when we set homework or expectations about what, what families may be able to do to support learning. And this has really cut into that in a very interesting, um, profound way. Um, and so thinking about, you know, as Robbie said, you know, we know there's been a national laptop scheme um, still ongoing, um, but the sort of digital divide thing is, is a very, very genuine um, situation. Um, but then also, you know, if you're if you're asking kids to make things or, or, or do certain things, can they actually do that? Do they, you know, do they have those things around the house? Do they have, um, you know, at a very basic level, the, you know, the equipment to and, and financial um, possibilities to do those to do those things, and that that again, not sort of celebrating the recognition of those things, but understanding where kids come from on a daily basis, um, I think has has been really quite interesting. And I think, if I'm honest, quite shocking for some of our associate teachers as they've really got to grips with with that sort of insight into home life that that they wouldn't necessarily have had previously. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because one of the things that I was wondering about is sort of, um, you know, building building relationships with, with pupils as an associate teacher. And what you're saying is in some ways that's sort of given you a, a fast track um, to doing that because of that um, exposure to those home environments and, and backgrounds in a way that goes goes beyond what you might see um, in, in the classroom. Um, Patrick and, 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 and Robbie, um, in terms of... Um, Thinking about um, uh, the, I mean, we, we talk about lost learning in 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 sort of pupils over this um, period. Are there any aspects of um, training where you feel like actually um, th there's been less opportunity to, to to develop these things, and it might be something to sort of you know think about on on going through your your career, Robbie? Is there anything you? Yeah. Um... I, I think it's it's important to recognise that we're all we are all human beings, and actually nothing really is better than being in the same room as someone, um, uh, especially in a, a teaching and learning um, scenario. I think you know there's there's nothing better than having someone at the front of the class and talking to you. And I think obviously we're missing that. But I think, and I would extend this uh, more broadly to teaching and learning generally. I think um, a blended approach to digital uh, teaching and learning is is the future for all of us, and I I, I think it will be it will help us all um, with access uh, generally to to teaching and learning, but also um, it, it'll enrich it. You know, I mean, it's I, I I would hope certainly that it won't be an either or situation that we would, you know, it, it's been it's been an amazing experience being on the skit, and and I've said a few times I had to go to the to the Churwell skit office, and and again. Uh, I went to an interview yesterday um, with people that I'd only met online and I was like wow there's I, I felt like I was meeting a footballer because <laughs> it, it was incredible um, because you, 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 you don't have that personal that personal interaction and, the, and those I do believe those interactions are far more valuable so I think the future will be would, would hopefully be a blended offer of the two. Patrick, any, any Yeah, I mean, Rob is absolutely right. We we were in a way lucky, bold, uh, depending on how you might think about it. We decided back in the summer, um, well, and obviously we 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 knew that things were 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 complicated. A number of providers nationally decided not to start placements in in the autumn term. Um, 
we kind of gambled on it. We rung all of our partnership schools um, and and said, look, can we can we make this work? Um, we actually start our programs in July with an induction week, so we get things lined up then. And and everybody was in school then from September through to December, and of course a lot were in school on the first day of term in January before we then had the announcement that that night. Um, so that that meant people have had that time um which which has been brilliant for us and and you know as i say we we weighed it up and thought let's give it a try if we can amend things further down the line so um that i think has put everybody in a good position and what that has meant is then i think actually so we have a, we've amended our program structure we would normally swap placements um around now and actually we've said to everybody let's continue this placement until at least easter and then see what happens then because all of the relationships have been established already face to face um, with 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 the associate teachers in their schools and their mentors and their classes. And that that's really helped, I think, with the, the transition um, to, to the online world and will hopefully help when we kind of um, segue back into 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 the, the real classroom, as it were. Um, uh, and, and in that respect, there is no substitute, as Robbie says, for for being in the classroom environment. Um, the other bit I think that we that we're looking at ways of supporting um, is 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 our well-being and and support strand. Uh, that's that's always been something we've invested heavily in, and and um, one of the reasons why we we meet regularly across the year for training. Um, it is just to check in with people. We know that it's a busy, intense period. Um, one of the things I'm really proud of is we have one of the highest completion rates of any ITT programme in the country. Um, it's very, very rare that we that we have people leave. And that's because of the investment that we make right from the outset um, in terms of their academic development, as it were, and, and, and their, their practice development, but also in them pastorally. And we, we have a, a real strong focus, I think, on that that pastoral support, that's harder to do that stuff remotely. Um, and, and, you know, Sally, who's our colleague is, is great at setting up phone calls and, 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 uh, and Zooms and, and what have you. Um, so we're trying to find ways around that, but that's the thing that I will very, um, I, I'll be keen to get back to doing some of that because just having a cup of tea with other people in the room um, is, is brilliant because it is intense. And sometimes it's the sharing out and recognizing that other people are going through a similarly kind of intense um, period that allows them to feel better about where they're at um, and and that's a bit that we we've not found a kind of a, a perfect solution for we're working very hard on it it tends to be i think at the moment that things go a little bit further before people reach out for help um, than when you might see somebody face to face and just get a sense of do they look all right should i just check in um, and obviously when it's somebody's face is a tiny tile on your screen and you're trying to say do they look all right is there um that's very different from the, the sort of them being in the same room as you so i think that, that that's tough and we're, we're trying to do a range of different things we're lucky of course in that people have brilliant relationships with their schools as well and their mentors and, and other colleagues in their departments and that that's some goes some way to sort of alleviating some of that Great stuff. And I mean, I was, you know, just thinking there, obviously, that, that you know, ch change is, is coming to the sort of um, teacher training uh, process in that we've got the early career framework, um, which is going to about to be introduced. It'd be really good um, to get your thoughts on that. Maybe, Adam, if, if you want to join in the conversation as well at this point. Yes, it's probably worth just saying a little bit about what the early career framework is, because um, 
I'm not 100% convinced that everybody knows quite what is coming down the line. Um, but it's it's really significant. And in some sense, it, it couldn't be better time, given that we're going to this really strange time where, where our current trainees won't have had the usual experience. So all of a sudden, we're going to go from what has been in place for, for donkey's years a one-year NQC induction to all of a sudden, this September, everything moves to a two-year NQC induction period which is supported by the early career framework. Now, in reality, that means that um, in, terms of, in terms of finishing your NQT induction period, there will still be uh, three assessments. So currently there's an assessment at Christmas and Easter and then the summer. So as we understand it at the moment, that's going to remain the same in that there's three assessments, but they're going to be the end of year one you think then the Christmas of year two and then um, the, the end of year two. So that, that's a big thing that we're going to have to get to grips with in terms of what we were just talking about, really, in terms of checking in with people and how things are going and monitoring that. Because if you don't, if you don't have a, a check-in until the end of your first year, that's something we need to be um, quite aware of. The really significant thing as well is that what comes with the early career framework is a, a, a very specific professional development program um, with content that's been uh, developed by four national providers and will be rolled out across the country through uh, mainly through the 87 teaching school hubs that, that are going to be announced shortly. Um, and that's a really significant um, CPD program of it's, it's earmarked to be 121 hours of CPD over the course of those two years, uh, which is a mixture of self-directed study, so presumably online, sessions with your mentor, and face-to-face -face training sessions with other NQTs. But at the moment, that you know, that, that is something we've we've never had. We run our as as many schools and teaching schools and skits will do, you know, we run our own NQT uh, induction programs and we have lots of CPD going on. But this is something completely different, 121 hours, which follows on from the IGC core content framework which, which began in September 2020. Um, so that, that's going to have all sorts of implications for how schools manage that and what's going to be interesting is how they choose to do it because schools are being given three different options. They can either choose to write their own material, schools are actually completely free to create their own core curriculum framework content and deliver that totally themselves in school. Why you'd want to do that I can't imagine. But that is an option. The second option is that schools take the content that's been provided by the national providers, but then deliver that in school. And the third option is that schools will sign up their NQTs with what's going to be called local delivery partners, which will be the teaching school hubs. And it will be the teaching school hubs that are then responsible for delivering that content through a range of partners in their, in their patch. Now that's obviously the preferred model as far as we're concerned, because you get a lot of um, equity then in terms of uh, experience. Um, but I, so I'm not quite sure that the, the schools have taken on board what this is going to involve. And in addition to uh, the content, what remains the same is that every NQT will be entitled to support from a mentor, but that support now extends to two years. So the schools are going to have to uh, identify and train in mentors in an enhanced role you know at the moment there's no particular qualification that goes with being a mentor it's you might volunteer for it um 
it might be something you do every year, or to be honest, it might be something that you happen to be the person with a free hour on your timetable, and you might not necessarily be suited to that role at all. So the role of the mentor is going to be enhanced and much more significant. So again, schools need to begin thinking about that now because part of the role of the teaching school hubs will be being the appropriate bodies for NQT induction, and they will have to quality assure this process to ensure that NQTs are being given a good deal. Um, but just one other thing I want to mention with that is that in addition to um, it being a two-year induction at the moment, all NQTs are entitled to a 90% uh, timetable compared to the, the regular timetables of other teachers. Um, that's often incorrectly referred to as a 10% reduction, which isn't quite the same thing. But essentially, the school you're in, you should be on a 90% timetable of the other regular teachers. But that's being extended into year two. So in year two, uh, at the moment, the, the, the figure that's used is a 5% reduction. So whether that's actually 5% or 95% hasn't been clarified. But that's um, that's great. That's it's a really positive move for NQTs. But again, schools need to think about that because if you've got a lot of NQTs, well, you're actually going to need additional teaching staff to cover that um, additional time off timetable. Mentors are also going to be given time off timetable it, and it's going to be funded in year two of the ECF. It's really unclear what happens in year one at the moment. Um, yeah, in theory, the mentors should have time off timetable, but I can't see that there's any funding for that, but I may be wrong about that. But certainly in, in year two, schools should receive funding to give the mentors time off timetable as well to support the NQTs. So the, re the reason I'm going to a bit of detail there is I don't think schools are necessarily aware of all this yet. And actually, you need to be thinking about that now in terms of your staffing plan for the next two years as to how you're going to ensure that, that all that is in place for the NQTs. So I suppose, again, part of the reason I was really keen to do this today is that you know we know that right now is the time where NQTs are beginning to take up uh, or accept, go for interviews, accept job offers in schools. And so they need to be really mindful when they are making a decision about whether to accept a job offer or not is, is this going to be the right school for them? Because the chances are they're going to be there for two years and it's going to be absolutely critical to their success as a teacher. And hopefully, you know, we want to keep them in the profession. So we want, we want this to go well. But from a selfish point of view, we are, I did mention, appropriate body for NQT induction in Oxfordshire, which means when things go wrong, uh, we pick it up. And, and where things do go wrong, I would say 90% of the time it is just a mismatch between the NQT and the school and uh, often they will end up having to leave that school get a job somewhere else and then it all goes absolutely right because they pick the right school it's very very rare that somebody doesn't make it but it's relatively common that someone gets a job in the wrong school for them so it's just so crucial that people are really being careful about ensuring that the job that they are taking is going to provide them it's the right school for them in terms of ethos and philosophy and the, but also they're going to be providing the support so I, if i was an NQT, some of the job some of the questions i would be asking you know when you get that that question at the end of the interview do you have any questions for us i would be asking yes what are your plans for how you will support nqts through the early career framework and you would hope then that the school would know something about it and have some plans in place uh already at least be thinking about it now to be fair the final um information isn't out yet it's not going to be out till the spring but um that, that's yeah a little, little bit of passionate about that because i think i think there's a really exciting opportunity here for nqts that could help um 
uh, cement their, their, their learning that's gone on in, in this first year, because effectively it's a three-year process now. It's the initial teacher training year and then two years consolidation through, through the ECF. And then, of course, the, the national professional qualifications, which are coming out um, slightly after the early career framework, which will then take them all the way through to headship. So, uh, yes, we're, we're, we're very much hoping that we're going to be uh, involved in all of that if our teaching school hub application is successful. And, and just to take you back there to what you were saying about um, the importance of, of um, you know, applying to the, to the right school as an NQT, um, what are some of the other things that, that, that candidates should sort of be aware of? And obviously this year, this is all, and a lot of this happening re remotely um, as, as well. So any, any advice you'd, you'd share to people in that situation? Well, uh, actually, it sounds like I set you up for that question, but I didn't. But what I should have said is on our website. So if you just Google um, OTSA NQT induction, I put together a document. Uh, so there's a, there's a button on there which says uh, a suitable post for induction. And on there, I put a document which is 20 questions that I would suggest NQTs want to think about uh, before they accept a post in a job. Now, clearly, it wouldn't be appropriate when you get the, the question at the end of the, end of the interview. Have you got any questions for us? And you oh, I've got 20 here. Don't do that. You won't get the job. But, you know, emailing before because obviously you can't go and visit the school probably like you used to but you can probably have some uh, maybe an informal conversation over zoom or something with the school just just yeah just go in with your eyes open but you may not know the questions you should be asking so i've been doing this for about 15 years um nqc induction now so we've had you know thousands of nqc's through in that time so it's, it's a list of 20 questions on all the things that have gone wrong in those 20 years or so um so if you have a look at those, it's not going to you know, avoid all problems, but things like, you know, do you have some idea about who my mentor might be? And if someone says, oh, yes, we have a person who, you know, that, that's very much their role. Um, that's great. If they say, oh, I, you know, we'll have to wait till the timetable's done to see who's free. Well, that's probably not so great. Um, so, yes, there are some suggestions there. But uh, um, Patrick, any other thoughts about that one? No, I mean, I think it's it, those are very important things. And and uh, we, I mean, Robbie will know about a month ago, we did our first session about applying for jobs. It's one of the things that we, uh, I think we kind of prioritise in our provision. We recognise that, uh, you know, this is the initial teaching year. We want to support people to find the best job as NQTs. And again, the, um, you know, one of the things that we may talk about a little bit more is, 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 is retention of teachers in the early part of their career. Um, and we're in, a, we're in a lucky position. We kind of develop and have developed very strong relationships with our partnership of schools. So there's a lot of collected knowledge um, both ways. We're happy to share what we know about schools uh, and indeed individual departments if we can with our associate teachers as they're beginning to think what will be right for them. We get to know them as individuals really well um, in, in their training year. So we're able to then say, you know actually these are some things to think about carefully is your as adam said you know is your kind of vision for education the thing that motivates you is that going to be well nurtured uh, in that school environment that you're applying to um over the years about 90 percent of, of everyone who's ever trained with us has stayed within our partnership of schools and about two-thirds uh, most years within one of their placement schools so we have a very very kind of high local retention rate um from from the initial teaching training itt year into the nqt year um and that that's where there's a lot of sort of collective knowledge both ways that, that's really important 
Um, but but it does it does matter. I think the 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 support that we put in and and as Adam said, we've continued to to have a, an investment um, in our NQTs and and beyond. And we we've for the last few years run an NQT support program that's been especially important this year, of course, for people who finished their training in the summer because they had quite a disrupted year. Um, and so that's at multiple levels, really, um, the, the, the NQT support we're running this year. Some of that is some very formal input on this is where you should be at in the NQT induction process. This is what to do if you're starting to worry about things going wrong in your school. And some of it is much broader about, um, uh, you know, ongoing pedagogy, um, developing your practice in the classroom, well-being support as well. Um, and those are things that, uh, you know, as Adam was talking about earlier, we're very keen to make sure uh, the sequence from ITT through to the early career framework um, is, is played out effectively. And of course, that becomes much more important in, in a school context once somebody's got a job and has started their, 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 their career in that respect. Um, yeah, um, I think it's really interesting, this kind of un uncoupling in a way, you know, um, it, 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 it's not a value judgment on, on, on any individual it's a, or any school. It's saying that different, different people want and need different things out of their, of their working life and, and schools have different cultures and different ethoses and, and sort of saying that's okay and find out as much as you can about that up, up front so that everybody is sort of set, set for success. Um, and that, you know, it, it might, as, as you were saying, Adam, you know, it's, it's, it's not that necessarily um, the profession is the wrong one. It's that maybe this isn't quite the right school for you at this, this point in your career. Was there something you wanted to add, Adam? Yes, and, and actually that leads into um, something, telling you a little bit about something we've done for a number of years to try to facilitate that. So for the last four years, we've run within Oxfordshire a, a teacher recruitment fair um, where we very simple you know we just we invite uh local schools in and trainees in at the same time and the, the school set up desks and the trainees can go around and talk to them and they can have that conversation and at least get a sense from talking to the leadership team about you know this is the person i'm going to be working for and ultimately determining whether i pass my NQT induction do i get a good vibe do i feel comfortable that this might be a school that i would want to apply to um and so we're doing it again this year, but obviously we can't do it face to face. So we set it up as a virtual fair, which is taking place next week. But having done that, I just thought, well, I put all the work in setting up the, the, the technological infrastructure behind this. It's, it's very simple. We're going to use um, Zoom or Teams or Eventbrite. But actually, I'm going to have a go trying to run a national version of this because I'm thinking if it can work locally, which we've actually shown it has, potentially we could do something that would benefit trainees across the country right now and schools by helping to match schools with trainees talking to schools that perhaps they never would have thought about going and working in before because you wouldn't be able to travel across the country you can't go and visit all the schools you'd like to visit so um actually on the on the 4th of march this year at four o'clock between four o'clock and 6 p.m we are organizing a, a virtual recruitment fair you can find it on eventbrite if you just search national teacher recruitment fair on google it'll bring it up it's free to schools it's free to current trainees to join in in fact anybody to be honest is looking for a job it doesn't have to be uh, trainees it could be anybody um so i would urge you if, if you if uh, you know anybody of you 
who might you're listening to this and you know anybody that might be relevant for please help spread the word because this is something we haven't tried it before we but we think that it could help make a difference this year in particularly strange circumstances where you can't go and do a school visit and, and do all the preparation you might have done otherwise great stuff and we'll put a link um up, up to up to that on our website as well um and 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 just finally i mean you know we just we just raised retention there and robbie i'm really interested in in your reflections on this as, as well we know that the applications for teacher training are up this year and that you know um especially sort of people looking towards something that they they think might be kind of recession proof um very very keen to um uh, join the profession um, but we but we know um, about a third of teachers leave the classroom within five years of, of qualifying. Um, so you know what what can we what can we do about that? And like Robbie, what what are you think? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I think um, it, it it is considered a sort of caught in a storm career path, isn't it? But um, uh, obviously, it, it's an it's, it's a career in itself. It's a, it's, it's a very noble profession. It's incredibly fulfilling and I couldn't recommend it enough but I think just like Adam was saying it's, it's actually really heartening to hear him talk so passionately about the mentor training and, and the enhanced role of the mentor because I think um, amongst our sort of uh, my, my cohort my associate teacher whatsapp groups um, the, the most common concerns is that dichotomy between core values of mentors and trainees or uh, or the school itself um, so I think that getting that mix right is really, really key. I think you're absolutely right. If um, if that mix is 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 correct, um, then then good things happen and people and schools thrive. But when you get the wrong person in the wrong school, um, it, it's not no good for anyone really. I think that's part of the, the part of the advantage on the skip program of having a couple of placements, which is difficult this year, but I think it gives, gives trained associate teachers a chance to experience different schools, experience different ethos um, as well. But yeah, I think, I think that role, that mentor role is key. I'm very lucky to have an absolutely excellent mentor um, helping me through my, my training. It's just, just been wonderful. Um, yeah. Yeah, it must be interesting for mentors involved this year to um, support somebody with with a training that be very different <laughs> from their own experiences. Um, so the learning the learning must flow both ways. Yeah, I, I definitely. I think um, I think I have a very organic relationship with my mentor, and we we approach it you know one lesson at a time, and and they always give me a, a pragmatic uh, approach to the next lesson to to how to reflect and improve on it. But I'm sure Patrick. I know they've been doing regular training with mentors, so I'm sure he can, can speak to that a little bit more. But yes, I imagine they, they've sort of uh, had to had to fight off a lot more than they signed up for as mentors. What with you know, usually they're heads of faculty or, or senior members of staff, so they're not only having to support uh, associate teachers, but also the changing landscape of, of teaching generally. So I, I feel for them. <laughs> Shall I pick up on that a little bit, Caroline? I mean, I think it's it's there's various things to say. Then, um, you know, one of the things that that Adam touched on in terms of initial teacher training, for the most part, we are able to change schools. We have quite a lot of leverage um, as an ITT provider if mentor relationships aren't aren't working well. Um, the, the the greater challenge is is once people are in a school. 
um, and and they're they're employed there, and that's where hopefully the early career framework will will do more to allow uh, a greater focus on mentoring in the early career. We we have quite a lot of tools at our disposal in this initial training year, um, you know, and we 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 work very hard, as Robbie said, to to this year and in all years to make sure that those relationships work as effectively as possible um obviously multiple additional challenges this year but it, but it is you know our mentors love their work as well um and it's a thing that, that that you know they 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 see as part of their investment um and that's where a really strong partnership of schools um that, that that we've got you know recognizes the importance of it they know that nine out of ten of everybody who trains with us is going to be staying in a school locally and so it's 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 not just about as it were feathering your own nest with your as an individual school but 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 actually close by you know the investment in Robbie um you know as an associate teacher this year may pay off in his current school it may pay off in another school um locally but that that that's that that's a sort of a collective investment across the system that I think is really uh important and and you know that that cuts through multi academy trust sometimes but more generally as Adam said at the start our initial ethos for 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 OTSA was very much you know let's 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 do the best for this for every child in this county with with all of the tools at our disposal um, and preparing great teachers to go out into those schools um, is really important. Um, I think the other bit um, just within the sort of retention work is 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 twofold. I mean, Robbie, um, Robbie's cohort, for the most part, had applied to come and train when we were still in the depths of a, a massive teacher shortage um, a, a year ago. Um, and, and our challenge now is, is in a sense that we are seeing locally and nationally applications rise. Our challenge is working out who are the people who really are in this because they want to be great teachers. And in a way we can be fairly certain that, that Robbie and his cohort were that and you know as Robbie said he'd, he'd, he'd embarked on 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 a job in a school previously so that was you know that was for us a very strong sense of, of commitment um, to to the profession our job now is working out those people who are kind of looking around thinking well, what do I do I've just made been made redundant or leaving university thinking well there aren't many graduate opportunities so I'll go for that because that is an important part of it I you know the I have to be cautious about talking too much about a vocation um, but but we do need it to be um, a, a job that, that brings the best people in whatever the economic circumstances of, of the country um, and so that's where we're we're being very uh, sort of cautious at the minute we, we we could take on lots of people because lots of people are applying and saying here can I come and join you but that would rapidly and some of the the data and FER did a, a, a good report a couple of weeks ago you know how long will that last and it, you know likelihood is it will tail off pretty quickly as soon as the economy stabilizes so I suppose part of our recruitment process has always been about we're wanting to find people who are thinking this is a career for them, at least into the medium term. You know, we don't want to shackle people for the next 50 years, um, but we do want to think that we, we, we're looking at people who, who have something of that, um, that longer term drive. One of this, so we've got a, a very detailed curriculum 
um, that, that we work with. Uh, and one of the seven strands that, that's very important to us in that is, is, is a values strand, um, really helping people, um, as it were, cultivate, reflect on their, their, their values, their motivation, their commitment, their vision. Um, and so across the programme, that's an important thing for us as well, helping people to articulate that, see what it is, um, you know, where, where does their determination come from? Where does their um, driving um, force to, to, to make a difference come from? And how can we nurture that? And that, that's important for us as well. Um, then in terms of, you know, addressing the challenges further down the line, how can we, how can we equip people to get through the tough times rather than think this is a bit tough, I'll go somewhere else. Um, and so that I think is an important part of our role is, uh, as, as teacher trainers at the outset um, and then working with schools and, and, and a big job of, of, of work for Adam and I and lots of others is really trying to remind uh, colleagues in the school system that is under you know it's under massive pressure often in a system the pressure goes downwards is you know it goes down uh, and therefore it's people who are you know most recently joined who feel it most acutely. Um, and so the early career framework is a kind of formal part of that. Informally, we have a lot of work to do to say, look, you know, this, this really people I think need a good three to five years to really get to grips with what, what it is to be a successful teacher. Um, and and that, that's a reminder that we need to think carefully about support, about expectations, about the sometimes kind of toxic environment that can, that can spread because of external accountability measures or, or just you know, other pressures that exist. And actually, if, 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 if we only ever allow that pressure to, to work downwards, uh, that, that, that will mean we're constantly forcing people out. Um, you know, in a way, I would much rather we recruited fewer people and they stayed longer. You know, we, we've got into this sort of cycle of bringing lots of people in uh, in the early stages, and then and then burnout um, within those first few years. And and that's, I don't think that's a healthy thing. And 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 that's where, as I say, our our recruitment and our focus at the early stages is really we do want to equip people as well as possible within their training year. And so, really focusing for us on the pragmatics of you know, lots of stuff on behavior management, lots of stuff on planning, lots of stuff on, on workload management. Um, and that's not us being kind of anti-academic. It's important to engage with some of the wider aspects of the school system. But if people are leaving training, uh, as I fear they sometimes have been uh, over the years, without a decent toolkit, then they will flounder in those early years. And then they're less likely to kind of stick it out. And so they're there is a sort of, you know, and that's where some of the focus for the core content framework for the, for, for the national um, core content framework for ITT providers that links very closely with the early career framework, I think has been a, a welcome move from us in terms of let's focus on these things that we really know make a difference um, to, to, to having those those tools at your disposal. Yeah, and I think it's, um, as you were mentioning there, you know, values, and um, you know the kind of moral purpose and and reasons uh, for going into teaching for a lot of people are, are much are much closer to the the forefront of their minds right now because of the you know these huge issues across the profession and you know inequality in society um, and actually yeah I think it, as you say articulating those and understanding those is is kind of crucial to to de developing in the in the in the right place. 
Um, so in, in amongst a, a lot, you know, some of the challenges that we've identified, I feel like, you know, there are a lot of a lot of really positive aspects. Um, but that's the sense I'm getting to being involved in, in training um, at this time, both the people running the training and um, associate teachers uh, like like Robbie. So if there's anything that any of you want to say to our listeners in closing, um, I'll, I'll come to you, Adam, and then Patrick and then Robbie. Thank you, Caroline. So I would just like to leave um, people with the thought that although we don't know exactly what is coming, anything you can do now to begin planning for that will pay off. So we have spoken very positively about the experience that our associate teachers are having, but the fact is they will be beginning school, hopefully, to classrooms without the experience of, of without the classroom teaching experience that every other cohort ever has had because they will have yeah, they just won't have had that time in school and we know that that first term up to Christmas is really tough and therefore in addition to the minimum guarantee that the ECF is going to provide anything that schools can do now I know there isn't much slack in the system but wherever that slack is schools need to find that and plan for it and use it so whether that is having one or two more experienced members of staff if they've got some free periods somewhere allocate that to supporting your NQTs, allocate that to doing team teaching, go and teach their lesson for them, let them go and observe somebody else. You know, the minimum requirements right now are one formal lesson observation every half term. Well, that's not going to cut it, uh, given the situation we're in now. People are going to very quickly need to find ways to provide support above and beyond what has ever been done. Otherwise, unfortunately, we will see NQTs leaving at a rate that we've never seen before. Potentially, if schools think about it now, whether they do it as themselves across their multi-academy trust or even as a partnership with schools, just begin doing some thinking about what can we do now? So it's not, don't leave it to the crisis point when it's a Christmas, people are beginning to fail and thinking, actually, this was a mistake and we've wasted all this time in training. Please put some thought into it now. I know things are crazy in school right now. But just you know, somewhere on your on your leadership team meetings, put it on the agenda. Recruitment for September. How are we going to look after those NQTs and keep them in the profession and keep them in our school for the next five years? Really, really sensible, practical ad advice there, and uh, Patrick. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to be too political about this. Um, I know that uh, that teaching and teachers don't always get a brilliant. Um, press in certain bits of our national media um, but actually what I see at the moment uh, in, in terms of how schools are adapting particularly from the perspective of people in training and the mentors they're working with but more generally a huge amount of, of commitment and creativity and positivity um, and uh, you know lots of adversity but also a sense in which people um, are, are flourishing in terms of how they respond to that and and a moment of crisis is 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 sometimes an interesting time to take a snapshot of a of a sector or a system, um, and uh, you know, without sounding too perverse, it, 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 there's lots of brilliant stuff going on. It's it's, it's exciting. Um, it's quite inspiring in lots of respects, seeing the, the, the flexibility and the determination and, and, and working with Robbie and his cohort and recruiting people for next year. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm very positive that we're, we're continuing to bring in the right people and hopefully prepare them in the right way. Um, and this sort of snapshot of, of, of massive uncertainty gives us some insights into that that, 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 that I suppose prove what an exciting and enjoyable, rewarding career it is um, if, if you can kind of 
be relaxed enough about the, the roller coaster ride, um, then then yeah, d come and join us if you're if you're thinking this might be for you. And as Adam says, look after those who've come in because we want them to stay. Exactly. So, and final word to you, Robbie. Oh, what a privilege. Um, uh, so, I, I think I think uh, teaching and is in a really good place right now. I think uh, there's lots of sort of cognitive science and, and empirical evidence supporting uh, the teaching practices that, that um, Patrick and, and the skits uh, are teaching at the moment. I think it's a really good time to get into teaching. I think, I, you know, I, I, I did it. I, I worked in fashion for a number of years before coming into teaching. Uh, teaching was a, a long-held aspiration of mine. Um, and, and I... And lots of people I meet say the same. They wish they'd done it years ago. And I think I would encourage, encourage you to take steps towards a change in, in a career if you're thinking about it and to not be put off by the challenges of COVID because I think actually um, we are looking forward, forward looking to, uh, to, a, to a sort of blended future. So some of the skills that we're, we're, we're carving out now are actually going to be quite useful in teaching to come. Um, I'm also going to put a plug in for my blog as well because I'd not forgive myself if I didn't. Um, I write a reflective blog on my experiences uh, as an associate teacher, which I hope to continue into my NQT year, partly um, in, in reaction, as, as Patrick said to us, not being able to, to sort of have cups of tea and sit around um, and just talk to our, uh, our fellow associate teachers via WhatsApp. I just really wanted to kind of demystify some of the processes. So I've just got a couple of posts up there all about digital teaching and learning, CPD and job applications and things like that. And I'm hoping to keep that going as well. It's, a, it's an edgy blog um, on the edgy blog website and, uh, and it's ATA, the Oxfordshire Associate Teacher. That's as simple as that. If you want to uh, get an insight on what it's like to be an associate teacher at the moment. Very good. And we will we'll pop the details of that on the notes as well. Well, thank you so much to all of you for talking to us today. As we say, there's seen lots of reasons to be to be positive and, and hopeful for the future. And thank you very much for listening. Key Voices is produced by The Key, giving education leaders the knowledge to act. Members of The Key for School Leaders can access hundreds of articles on the latest issues in education at thekeysupport.com. And please tell us what you think of the podcast. Rate, review and subscribe or email me at caroline.doherty at thekeysupport.com with your thoughts and suggestions.